My name is Danny O'Connor. I'm 23 years old and I'm from Framingham, Massachusetts. And tonight I'm a professional boxer. How's the how's, how's feeling on that win, man? That must have been just sweet, and you know, with respect to your opponent, but it just must have felt sweet to uh, come back like that, brother. Yeah, like I, I said it all week being home in Boston. It kind of was like a fairy tale script, and uh, everything worked out exactly better than I could have even asked for. I mean, it was uh, it was a very special time. Um, to come back to do it like that to win in fashion and to be on national tv where the whole world could see me so um man it was amazing it was a great feeling um uh, i didn't have time to relish in it though the next day i flew home and i was back on the ambulance for 48 hours straight and then straight from work back to the gym back to the grind so Brother, that's literally just like how you started, man. I think there was a win at uh, the House of Blues, and you literally, you said, uh, uh, I don't even really need a day off. I'll probably go right back to the gym tomorrow. Well, good luck. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You know, yeah, like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll just be back in the gym tomorrow. Like, you know, it's just back to work, man. And and I think that um, that truly shows in your skill. It's just the, the commitment to the fundamentals and obviously being technical, but but your your commitment to fundamentals is truly truly there. Um, you know, I just posted that little video of you doing the slips there in that fight on Instagram, mm -hmm. and man, like the movement, your body work, your head, obviously your body to head work. Um, it's like watching art, brother. So I I, I just just from um you know the, from someone that really appreciates fights. Thank you for for all the commitment you've put in into the gym. Um, it's it's exciting to watch, man, and you know it's especially like. How I want to know how did you get in contact with uh, Tom Loeffler? Did he give you a, a ring, or do you guys know each other uh, before this? Or um, I knew of him before before this event. Um, so he was in contact with Murphy's Boxing, who is my promotion company with Ken Casey and the Dropkick Murphys, and um, they were in talks because Tom wanted to come to Boston to run a show. He has the Irish kid um, Walsh. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of how the relationship got kicked off um, was through the promotion companies um, and obviously me fighting in Boston, being able to come back. Um, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better homecoming being in my home city and in front of all my fans and, and family. So um, it was beneficial to everybody to to make that happen. So uh, Tom's a great guy, man. 360 promotions. They. They ran a great show. Um, all the guys working for them. They were working hard. They were all respectful and nice. And um, it was awesome doing business with them. I tell you, they uh, they made everything easy. It looked it looked excellent, man. Especially with someone that's been in, um, you know, works with Triple G and the Klitschko's and all that. You know, that's no, you know, little itty bitty committee, right? That's like that's the big the big deal. And and it looks to me, you know, because um, Tom was talking, uh, you know, it looks like they're ch chatting with Dana. You met Dana. And um, I know Dana was saying before he retires that he wants to start a boxing promotion. Uh, yeah, I, I read that. And he said that he wanted to get involved in promoting. And um, uh, I mean, that's that's cool, man. Whatever, you know, however the sport can benefit from people uh, being involved, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm a student of the game. I love the sport of boxing. Um, and in any way the sport can improve, I'm totally for it. Uh, Dana seems like a really nice guy. I met him at ringside. Um, he complimented me on the fight. Seemed like a really good guy, man. So um, I look forward to kind of seeing what he has planned. You know what I mean? He, uh, I don't think he does anything on a small scale, you know, especially from the UFC. Uh, he's been to kind of the highest level of, of athletics. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he has in plan.
I really am too, man. I, uh, I'm trying to chat with Tom to see if I can get any inside info on that. Cause that's, uh, oh. that's super exciting. And especially for the area of Massachusetts, you know, uh, that Irish crowd and that Boston, that, that just that feel <laughs> it's, it's like the whole world wants to be like Irish or, or, you know, like from Massachusetts or from Ireland when there's a fight going, I swear, that's what it looks like. People, the <laughs> crowd is truly the best on the planet. That's why, you know, McGregor has one of the biggest draws is the crowd. They get behind a fighter they love. They follow them around the world. They'll follow them to the, to the end. Even if they fall, they'll watch them get back up and praise them as they get back up. They'll praise them as they fall. It's, it's beautiful to watch, man. And I love it. And, um, myself, you know, I've fallen in love with the sport as well over the years. So. I appreciate it, man. And, uh, to second that about the fans, I mean, Boston is second to none. I mean, my fans are so loyal, so supportive. They've always been there for me, thick and thin from the ups and the downs. Um, and there really is no place like fighting in Boston. Um, at a, at a big venue, even a small venue, a more intimate venue. I mean, anywhere within within Boston, uh, it, it's just a different vibe. It's a different vibe. Um, mm -hmm. It's something something really special. And, and I'm blessed that I was able after five years to be able to come back and, and do it at home. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, you know, my grandpa, he did, he did have me watch a lot of fights, you know, but I, I think there's a lot of discrepancy in my, in my upbringing with boxing and, this 110 amateur wins and a couple losses. I mean, I don't think any of that is factual. I think I'd be lucky if I had maybe even 50 amateur fights, right? Because I didn't start boxing until I was 18 years old. I can remember literally people going off to college after high school and me kind of not really knowing what I was going to do in this life. And I kind of picked up boxing and, uh, I made the Olympic team, you know, only a couple of years later, maybe three years later. So Which once I made the Olympic team, yeah, I mean, from the first time I ever picked up a pair of gloves around the age of 18, making the Olympic team maybe three years later, roughly, um, and then, you know, getting the opportunity to go live at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado for the year before the Olympics, um, compete on Team USA against all these other countries, go to the Olympic Games, even though I was an alternate, knowing that the kid that won the gold medal was someone that I had just recently competed with and beat. Felix Diaz. Yeah, yeah. So so then coming back from that, um, you know, I kind of knew, like, this is what I want to do for my life. I love this sport. I love training. I love fighting. I love everything about it. Um, so when I returned from the Olympics in 2008, um, I kind of was already set, like, hey, I'm turning pro. You know, my mission in life is to win a world championship belt and, and kind of be the best. Um, and that just goes back. You were talking about all the technique and everything. Like, I love what I do, man. I mean, I, I could be in the gym for hours and hours and hours just shadow boxing, mm. you know, getting that technique to where it needs to be because, you know, it's it's never worked to me. It's never worked to me. You know what I mean? And and, and I have that discipline and, and that work ethic. And, you know, now – after five years, I have that very clear vision of, of where I want to go in the sport. So um, I'm blessed, man. I truly am blessed. That's awesome, brother. Was uh, Ronnie Shields uh, still coaching you for this uh, past fight? Is he still your head coach? Yeah. I like Ronnie. You know Ronnie Shields? I know him very well, yeah. If I ask him. No, so Ron, Ronnie Shields is a great guy, man. And, and I enjoyed my time down there. I learned a lot. Um, but I have a, a new coach now, and it's it's – He's more suitable for my style. I think that, so his name's Raul Udahara, and we train out of Ghost Town Gladiators. It's in Longmont, Colorado. So because I live in Colorado now, it's actually, I, I, I wasn't even looking for him. I actually just walked into the gym. I had searched Colorado for a long time, probably almost three years in my, in my hiatus of trying to find the right fit for a team. Um, you know, because I'm a full-time firefighter and paramedic, I knew kind of leaving the state wasn't going to be an option. Mm -hmm. You know, my family's here. I got four kids. We got a little ranch with a couple of animals. So I knew, you know, I would rather find somebody at home where I could train in this altitude. You know, one of the biggest reasons I'm in Colorado was because I came to a training camp here and I fell in love with it. So um, I just ended up in this gym one night to spar. I love what he was doing. And, I, and, and we started working together. And from day one, we've been like peanut butter and jelly. Everything 
every hole that I had, he's complimented me and filled that hole. And I think what people don't realize is I got by throughout my career, a lot of the time, just on raw skill. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of these kids come into the gym, you know, they're five, 10, 10 years old, seven years old, four years old. A lot of these kids on the Olympic team with me, they had been boxing third generation in their family. They started when they were two, their brothers were already pro. I didn't have any of that. So these kids learned the fundamentals of boxing, the things that you learn when you walk through the through the door at such an early age, I missed a lot of that. I didn't learn very good fundamentals of the actual art of boxing. So because of my skill level, I think I got by a long time on skill, mm -hmm. but I, I missed a lot of those simple things that you learn right when you come through the gym. So, you know, footwork, appropriate punch, moving your feet, a lot of these different balance things. So, um, and, and these were things that I knew that I was missing and Raul is such a technician, he could pick it up right away. So I think my last fight, the reason why I look like that is because of all the things I had incorporated over decades of being in the sport. But then really going back to the basics with Raul and really perfecting those fundamental things, right? Because if the foundation of your house is not right, your house isn't going to withstand the storm that's coming, right? So the same thing with boxing. If your fundamentals aren't right, you're not going to be able to operate at that elite level, right? Because when you get to that elite level, there's only very, very small adjustments that separate people, right? Everybody is nasty at that level. Everybody is good. And, and everything has to be squared away once you get there. So I think going back to square one with Raul, with, with you know, all the training partners, with all the things we worked on, it is why I was so good in, in the last fight because all the puzzle pieces I was missing kind of came together for me. And um, it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And and not only just the way I looked, but in the way that I felt, stuff mm -hmm. felt right. The way my punches were flowing, the way my footwork was moving, my lateral movement, my in and out, everything felt right. It felt like it felt like those puzzle pieces that I had been missing kind of throughout my career. I could feel them. I knew they they were there. You could truly see it. You threw with intent. You didn't hold back, and especially with movement, and it, you were just you were very. Um... Like there was no second guessing yourself whatsoever. It was beautiful. Um, I was, I was, I was a much more complete fighter now that I had the fundamentals and everything, and I could put everything together. Do you have, um, um, you know, obviously just one. You're back in the gym. Um, do you, do you know when you want to get back in there? I want to get back in there now. I, I don't want to waste any time. I just had, you know, five years off overcoming adversity in life that has mm. nothing to do with the sport. It, it gives you a fresh mind to not waste time. And I don't want to waste time. I didn't get touched in that fight. I don't even think I got hit in my face once. <laughs> yeah, <you're> clean. <laughs> I came out very clean and I don't want to waste time, man. I'm in my prime right now and I'm the best I've ever been. And I want to pedal to the metal. I want, I want big fights and I want to compete at the highest level with the people that, are the best, you know, in everyone else's eye so that I can show that I belong there. Well, you've already cemented yourself for a great, honestly, you truly have for the area of Massachusetts, especially with your, you know, you know, you, you know, your own accolades, but for the people that don't know, I just want to go over them quickly. Uh, national amateur champion twice, U.S. Olympic team 08, bronze in uh, U.S. Olympic trials 07, U.S. future stars champ, pound for pound outstanding boxer award um six-time golden gloves champ first ever match or first ever professional boxing match at gillette stadium for your 19th fight which if i'm not mistaken was on the same night as the revolution in massachusetts was that uh yeah it was uh i have a good relationship with the revolution you know i'm a soccer fan celtic fc from scotland i've always been a soccer fan so revolution me and um a lot of the people that work behind the scenes have a good relationship so we kind of did a co-event they had a game, then I fought. Gillette Stadium is obviously where the Patriots play, so there was a bunch of them there. So it, it was a big event, and it was special for me. I mean, I've been I've been going to Fenway, you know, Gil not Gillette Stadium, because before it was a different one, but I've been watching the Patriots since I've been a kid. So to have the opportunity to 
to be a part of history in Massachusetts, that means a lot to me, you know, and, and ultimately my goal is to fight at Fenway Park that, you know, I've been going to Fenway since I've been a little kid watching Roger Clemens pitch back in the day, like to be able to compete at Fenway Park would truly, um, would truly be kind of that exclamation point onto like Boston sports for me. Mm. Um, and, and that, and that's something that I would love to make happen in the future. Oh, brother. Yeah, no, especially with your performance um, and the, and you know, the crowd that uh, Boston has, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, Tom and Dana, uh, you know, are opposed to not making that happen. So, you know, we'll have to uh, give them a couple elbows in the ribs if we ever get a chance to, or especially myself, if I ever get a chance to contact them, but uh you know, yeah. I love that brother that's amazing um so did yeah. dave keith get in contact with you uh, after your win what did uh dave keith do you have any relation with dave keith still your first pro trainer oh um i mean we have random messages every once in a while he he wished me the best of luck before the fight and i think he sent a, me- a message after nice. just saying good job um, that's awesome yeah very sweet very sweet i i i got in a crazy amount of support from all angles messages emails calls um from all over the world and being out of the sport for five years and being completely removed deleting social media completely falling off the face of the earth and then to come back i didn't know what type of reaction i would have um the boxing world obviously um you know the fan, the support. I didn't know what type of reaction I would have. Um, and it, and it, it was, it was, I had to step back for a second and take a minute and, and really be like, wow, this is amazing because I got support from everywhere, from all over the world, from fans of old fans of new, from yeah. all my firefighters around the world. Um, it, it truly was, it truly was breathtaking to, to see that and, and to walk into that. Cause I had no idea what it was going to be like. Um, and I think the biggest thing is nobody else knew what it was going to be like either, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just did something that nobody does, right? Nobody does that. Nobody leaves for five years and then comes back to the sport better than when they left, right? Usually a fighter will come back because they're looking for some money or maybe they're a shell of themselves or they, they can't let go, um, you know, of the sport. And so to do what I did is not something that's very common. It's not something that people do. So, so in, in their right mind, they had the right to be like, okay, what's this guy doing? What's he going to look like? Because nobody has seen me for the last five years. So, um, you know, I had something to prove. I knew, I knew I'm in my prime and I knew my ability and my skill. And I said it from day one, when they, when they kept interviewing me about the fight and, you know, I could, I could hear the skepticism and I could hear, um, you know, the people kind of the chatters. Um, and so I think I kind of had something to prove to myself, but to walk into that display of support from my family, from people all over the world, from, from my, my home city of Boston, from, from Colorado. I mean, I, I had people from my, defi- from my fire department buying plane tickets, flying out to watch me. Oh, I mean, man. it was amazing. It, it truly, it truly was amazing. That's beautiful, man. Uh, yeah. And again, yeah, the performance you put on. And I think, I think one of the reasons too, um, you know, that, that it's appreciated and noticed is like, and you know, this as well, fight, fighting translates to life so brilliantly. Um, you know, you get what you put in and it gives you what you put in, you know, if your effort is there, um, you're going to come out on top. And sometimes even if your effort, you know, uh, is there and you don't come out on top, it just wasn't your night to win. But, you know, the, the pure effort and passion and love for the game and not trying to to, uh, to skip any steps, to not try and get ahead of anyone faster, doing it the proper way, even going back to fundamentals, like you said, with a new coach, um, you know, that just shows itself. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. And, you know, it's funny as obviously, you know, skepticism is honestly, I think the, the one of the biggest things that's in recently is skepticism. It's cool to be skeptical. It's, you know, whatever you bring up, um, whether it be positive, a lot of people like to be like, ah, whatever, or screw that, or it's not going to happen. You know, people love to just say it's not going to happen and go on to the next thing, you know, well, going, going over and watching a couple, um, um, you know, reviews and, you know, guys talking about the return of Danny O'Connor, 
you know, you hear a guy, you know, being skeptical on his boxing radio show and he's in a freaking Udi. He's in a one piece Udi, all cozy on his chair, talking about your skill level. It's like, brother, I don't, I don't, I don't think, you know, yeah. some people are even, you know, to have your name in, in his mouth with those sentences yeah. talking about your skill level. It's like, dude, you're sitting on a comfy couch in an Udi on, you're, you're having a fight show but you're sitting in a blanket like this, like a slob talking about, you know, people, the people that recognize it are true fight fans. And they see, they see the technical skill and ability and love that you show. And on top of that, you also show some of the most gracious attitude after, after your fights, you know, you, you love the support, you love the community. And um, that's part of just being from Massachusetts. You can see it. Um, Well, I think, um, you know, I have always said from day one that, that, an athlete is just a reflection of who they are as a person, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, we're just normal people too with normal problems and normal life occurrences. So um, that's always going to, you know, it's it's hard to come into professional athletics and just be a clean slate no matter what's going on. It's hard to carry stuff and leave it behind, right? Because we're normal people and we're always going to have stuff with us. And that's going to affect us, I think. So we're just a reflection of, of who we are as a person. So if you if you work hard as a person, if you're a good person, it's going to show in your work ethic. It's going to show in how you operate and the moves you make in the sport, right? And um, sorry, I, I, that's okay. And 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 I just think that um, um, what was the other thing you said after that? I, I had one more thing to say. You were talking about reflection as a person. What was the second thing you talked about? Oh, and then just, uh, you could see, um, you know, the actual passion and then that it also brings like just the, after your fights as well, very gracious. And it just shows that, that Massachusetts nature, um, just community. and Well, you know, I just think that I'm the true Cinderella story, right? I'm just a normal guy. I got a family, four kids. I love my wife, Diane, my children, they're my world. You know, I go to work every day, you know, on the ambulance. I try to do the best that I can. And to be gone for five years and then to come back to to this and kind of now be in contention to make all the dreams happen that I set out for, you know, from the second I put on a pair of gloves. Like, like you got to understand, man, and, and this is where it becomes real. Not a lot of people have an opportunity to do what I did. And there were so many times, look at 2018 with Jose Ramirez when I almost killed myself. Mm-hmm. There were so many, and, and that was just one of a couple instances. There have been so many obstacles, so much adversity, so much resiliency, and so many moments when I thought, oh man, this shit is not going to happen, man. I worked my whole life for this and this might not happen. I never lost hope. Not once ever did I lose hope. And I think that's the thing that guided me through a lot of the time. But there's been so much adversity to finally, to finally be here right now after everything I have been through. There's nothing, I can't be anything but humble, right? Because I tell you right now, number one, I give all credit to God. There's no way that I could, I should be standing here in front of you, having this conversation, looking at fighting top names in the sport after what I went through, if it wasn't for someone by my side, helping me through it. And and that's God. And number two, it's the support, my family, my friends, my, my fans, like that support, I couldn't do the fire department, all my, my family at the fire department, like without that boosting me in times when stuff got rough, I don't know if I would have been here either. So I can't be anything but humble because I can't take all the credit. This is, I always say this, like boxing is not, yeah, I'm in the ring fighting and it's just me and somebody else, but this is just as much of a team sport as any other sport, right? Because without Raul in the corner and and my coaches, I couldn't do this. Without my wife at home doing the back end, taking care of the family, I couldn't do this. Without my firefighters giving me the support I need, you know, being able to maybe come work for me or something. I couldn't do this with the, you know, Ken Casey, the promotion company managers, like I couldn't do this. I know. So it's, I I can't be anything but humble because I I am blessed to be in this position. I am now, especially for everything I came through to get here. 
That's that's beautiful, man, and uh, truly truly a Cinderella story. And and I think the people that that pick through your career with a fine tooth comb and and even just look at you and just and 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 look at what you've accomplished can truly see that. Um, and just the love for the sport, and that's one of the most appreciative things. Yeah. You know, it's just purely a love for the sport. Um, yeah, that's definitely most definitely what drew my eye towards you um and what made me want to talk to you man because it's you don't you don't get this you don't get this every day this is something that you know i think needs to be heard around the world this is incredible incredible story you know especially like you said coming back looking better you know you guys you got guys that are 13 years old that have been you know training since like you said in a boxing family boxing royalty since they were four years old you know their dad's putting their making sure their guards up etc cetera, etc cetera. And then they're 13 and they start going and then it's 18 and it's boom. So 13 to 18 years old, then you, then you start getting, you know, some of those, those new guys. And that's the hiatus that you took and came back, and better, which is insane, man. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so Murphy's boxing, are, are you still affiliated with them? Are they still your main uh, guys? Oh yeah. Um, I ride with them forever, man. They, they, so Ken Casey, I was his first fighter in 2012. He came into the sport. Me and him um, went in together. Um, and I'll tell you, we have a great relationship beyond the business of boxing. Um, and he has always had my back. Through ups and through downs, he has always had my back. Um, so, yep, I represent Murphy's Boxing. And, um, you know, they, they, they really are one of the good guys in boxing. Nice, man. So you were, uh, you were guest bartending at McGreedy's Pub. And you met this fella, yeah? So what happened? Yeah, so so Ken Casey is the one that started Dropkick Murphy's, obviously the band. And so he was an owner of one of this these this bar, McGreevy's in Boston. McGreevy's. I ended up out yeah, after after one of the fights, I ended up doing a, a guest bartender thing there because you know, early days, unless you're you know, the next gold medalist in the Olympics, you're not probably not making as much money as you could have or whatever. So I was making some extra tips or whatever. Um, he ended up calling me. And so we struck up a conversation. And at the time, at the time, it was another time when I felt like I was at my lowest, right? I had just lost my first fight to Bracero, right? And I lost in crappy fashion, man. I just did not show up. Yeah, I was all beat up. I broke my nose. I had surgery. And so my oldest now, who's 12, was only a month old. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was the time when it was brought to me like, hey, here's the next step you need to take if you want to continue your boxing career. And that's going to end you in Houston, Texas with this guy named Ronnie Shields. And you have no money. So your family can't come. You're going to have to go down there and make it work. So I was in an apartment with no furniture in a place that was foreign to me where I didn't know anybody and I had no transportation. I walked to the gym to see coach Ronnie every day, back and forth. Um, I, you know, my family is my life. We literally never leave each other's side. They are my world. And so to be separated from my brand new baby that was only a month old, it killed me on a daily basis. And so when me and Ken had struck up this conversation and he kind of dove a little bit deeper into my situation, you know, he, he, he took a liking to me, you know what I mean? And that's when we started talking about boxing and because music is very similar, similar, the business aspect, um, you know, he, and he's always been a boxing fan since forever. So we kind of struck up this relationship and, and he kind of, he kind of came in as a managerial type at the beginning and then decided that promotion was where he could um, make the most impact. Right. Because it's similar to music. So um, yeah, I was his first, first boxer ever first boxer to sign with him. Um, and I've been with him ever since 2011, I think it was the first time we met. Was, uh, was your first fight uh, with Murphy's boxing at house of blues? Yes. So that was my first fight with them. It was House of Blues. And that was a very memorable one, too. I mean, I can remember the ring walk. Um, the fans, he's big. He's wrong. They'll break your fucking jaw. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was amazing. That was amazing. And, you know, as you get older, you kind of look back at the journey. And, and um, that's the one thing I, 
I try to enjoy being in the moment now a little bit more because I look back and when you're young and your brain is scattered and um, I just want to make sure that I enjoy this because, um, you know, I, I didn't know that I would ever, I knew in my mind I could be back here. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I would ever have the chance to be back here. So for me, um, it's, it's slowing down and really just enjoying this ride, man. This, this, this journey for me, good and bad has been amazing because it's, it's basically sculpted me into the person that I, that I am today. Um, and you know, it's, it's been great. That's beautiful, man. That was, yeah, just rewatching that. It, it's, it's a beautiful, that event was beautiful, man. Uh, were the Murphys, were they playing music to open or was that, um, uh, was that the police, no. um, pipe band that walked you out or was that both? Uh, it, it was both the Murphys played that night, kind of an acoustic set. Um, the band, the band, the Piper, everyone brought me out. They had the drums. Um, and, and the Murphys have played a couple of times. I, we had a fight at Mohegan where I dedicated to the Boston Marathon bombing. I had a special gear made from Rival. It had all the victims' names on it. You know, they, they played an acoustic set there too. So, mm. um, you know, Dropkick Murphys have always had my back. I went on tour with them when I first met Ken for a couple months. They promoted me. They, they helped build me in Boston. And that's what I mean again about a team. Like there's a lot of things I could not have done alone. It's, it's with the help of other people like Ken, like the dropkick Murphy's like, you know, people scattered throughout my journey that have, that have been there to help me when I needed help. And, and so that's what I mean about a team sport. I wouldn't be here mm -hmm. without everybody else. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, I just wouldn't. It, yeah. I, I you know, Starting as a fight fan, I yeah, it's always the thought of it's not a team sport, but truly, truly going through um, fighters' careers and um, just watching what has to be done and goes into a fight camp, um, it truly, truly is a team sport. And even when you're in there, um, yeah, it's you just versus the the opponent, but it really is a team sport with your corner and, and your whole fan base and family behind you. It's beautiful. Um, for that fight with Daniel Sostra, um on that first night you threw one of the most vicious combos one of the most technical vicious combos i've seen inside the squared circle my friend um but it was round one man and you open up strong you open up with body jab setups you open up with feints and excellent slips but your combo it was a double jab to start it and it was it was beautiful i went frame by frame and watched this probably 13 14 times man it was right jab right jab left straight duck with a one-two on your way back up and then a right feint to a slip with a right body hook to a left body hook to a stronger right body hook which both the first two are incredibly strong already um and then a right hook to the face another left body hook um and then a finish with a strong right body hook and this was all within eight seconds not only did you do that once land it cleanly in the first round you threw three or four more eight second combinations. Um, I don't see a lot of guys getting combinations off that long, you know, even setting up combinations, they, they tend to um, fade away from it. And just your, your chess, your, your own chess match in your head. It's like, yeah, you guys are playing chess, but you also brought like the game mousetrap and put it on top of the chessboard to, to have to add this, this element um, to your, to your, uh, you're uh, striking, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, so that was the first fight that I had with Coach Ronnie. And um, I've always been a big body puncher since the amateur days all the way into my into the pro days. Um, and I think Ronnie, Ronnie is a pretty offensive fighter too. So I think my investment to the body already with Ronnie's kind of offensive punch output um, I think it really showed in that fight because well, for people that don't know, Ronnie worked with Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, right? Oh, Ronnie's worked with some of the biggest names around. When I was there, it was uh, Rigandau, it was Irislandi Lara. He worked with the Charlo brothers. Um, I mean, he's had some some of the biggest names. You know what I mean? So, so he he knows his stuff. Um, and th and that's the thing, right? my style has changed a lot throughout the years as I've moved around and had different coaches and, and different views of how they think I should fight or, or how they uh, view me. Um, my style has kind of morphed and, and, and crafted um, 
now my style being the best one I've ever had, um, the one that suits me the most and the one that I feel the most, most comfortable with. But, but back then it was, it was very much more geared towards offensive. Um, and if you fast forward a little bit with that fight with Derek Silvera, it's kind of that same, same style of a very offensive, um, you know, walking them down. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, um, I think it was a good combination that I threw there. I know the one you're talking about. I actually watched a couple of the clips you put up on, on my Instagram, which is another thing, the real Danny O'Connor. I need some more followers. I had, you know. <laughs> we'll get you there, brother. Had, we'll get you there. I had, I had 50,000 followers on Twitter when I came to Colorado and I deleted all of them. I, mm -hmm. I needed time away 100%. and I deleted everybody. And now I think I got like 800 and I'm like, oh man, I could have just, I could have just put it on hold. I didn't need to completely axe it all. But uh, yeah, so if you're listening to this thing, go follow me on Instagram and tell a couple of people, a couple of your friends to follow me too. The real Danny O'Connor, some of the best body punching, the best combinations, some of the best slips, feints, and just the best freaking attitude to have to watch a fighter inside the ring. Follow him guys, follow him to uh, get the story out there, man. And uh you know, I, I was trying to get a hold of Framingham High this morning to see if I could find anyone oh. to talk to, um, you know, just to see if they had any words. But uh, Kenny Florian um, from the Boston area from, uh, you know, UFC, uh, John Anik yeah. and Flo, uh, he said you're always an excellent guy. And um, um, yeah, Kenny Florian's the man. I've known him for a, for a while, man, from from back in the young days when he was in the UFC, man. He's, you know, and that's the thing about New England. It's not just Boston, it's New England. It's a very tight-knit community, and, mm. and we all support each other. So, you know, all the people coming through the circuit, Mickey Ward, you know, Dickie Erkeland, Kenny Florian, you know, Mark DeLuca, like, you know, all these guys, like, we all support each other because we all came up in the in the same circuit together, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, so I, I'm always keeping an eye out for, for, for anybody that's, that's local. Nice. Nice. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. And it like Matt Sarah was at that fight. Hey, eh? Matt Sarah, GSP, couple uh, UFC legends as well. Ringside that that must feel good to, uh, you know, great greatness recognizes greatness. And to have that ringside there to, to, to watch you fight there is, is beautiful. Really loved uh, your, your uh, walkout outfit as well. Uh, just your you know it's always you're always it's never about you it seems it's always about the firemen or it's always about the team behind you when you're coming out um so and max crosby was there too uh, he max crosby was super cool man he came up and gave me a big handshake and nice. i actually talked to him after he he's super cool man so you know to to have that reaction um it always feels good man because at the end of the day, we're entertainers, right? We come in, we want to perform to our best and we want to, you know, blow the world away so that everybody wants to see us fight again, you know? So to have someone like, you know, Max come up, that's huge, man. So, um, yeah, it was awesome to to kind of be able to showcase my talent in, in front of um, that level caliber of fighters, of professional athletes, of promoters. I mean, it, it definitely felt great. It, it, it it showed that the hard work, the hard work paid off, you know what I mean? And so I don't, I, I never just represent myself. I mean, I represent promoters. I represent um, a lot, a lot of firefighters throughout the world. Um, and, and I take a lot of pride in my job um, to be able to show up on scene and have someone be dead and have them live because of your direct interactions is a very, very powerful feeling, something that if, if, if you don't have it, I can't explain it. Um, and it means a lot to me. I take a lot of pride in my profession and my job and my personal fire department and, and, and all the first responders throughout the whole world. So um, the fact that they allow me to be a representative for them, I oh, take great man. pride in that too. Even I take looking great at, pride in that. Even looking at it like that as well, man, that's, that's a beautiful way. Um, mm -hmm. What part of Canada are you in? I'm in Vancouver. Um, I'm from Manitoba originally, which is like the smack dab center just above Minnesota. I like I like Canada a lot, man. I, I've spent many times there. Um, I fought at the Bell Center in Montreal once in my early years. I've been to Montreal probably five or six times because that's an easy drive from Boston. We've done that a lot. 
And I did a training camp with uh, Samuel Dakari and uh, Bizier up in Quebec City. So I was up there for like a month, a lot of years back. But I like That's Canada awesome. a lot, man. Yeah, I've, awesome, I've, man. I've always, I've always liked Canada. My my aunt has a little cottage in uh, Prince Edward Prince Edward's Island. Oh, dude, that's that's a that's a dream area right there. It's a tiny little island, and yeah, that's sweet, man. Oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's what I hear. I'm, I've yet to been able to go up there, but that's what I hear. I'm planning on it. Oh hell yeah, man, that's sick. Um, so that fight against Silvera was that? Um, that was at the Boston Garden. That was at that's the Garden. High my, yeah, that's high up on my list of of things that I'm very proud to have accomplished to be able to fight as the main event in the Boston garden. That is a dream come true from anyone from Massachusetts for oh, sure. I believe it, man. I believe it. So Fenway, um, Fenway is the dream. Fenway is one of the dreams left to, uh, to scratch off. I mean, there's a, there's a couple goals that I have, you know, that I've always had in my career. One is to fight in Europe. I'd love to go to Ireland, Scotland, or England, or somewhere over there to compete. Um, I have a lot of fan base over there in Europe, in Ireland, and Scotland. So to be able to go over there and compete, um, that's, that's one of the goals I've had on my list since I started. And also Fenway, that's a huge goal. I mean, to be able to fight in Fenway Park would be a dream come true. Um, you- so, you know bucket list things do, do you still have your um celtic fc jersey oh yeah i got a ton of them i got a whole <laughs> closet full i got i got my scarves I, I got everything um flying over there for the celtic game when they beat barcelona um it's one of the highlights of my life it, it was one of the it was one of the most awesome experiences I've, I've had um at a sporting event it was unreal um and and it's something that that you know i've i've one of those memories you keep forever, you know. Did you wear? Because uh, I remember the uh, the fellow who handed you the jersey. He asked you to wear the jersey to your next fight. Did he end up doing that? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I've 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 represented Celtic FC a lot throughout my career, and, and I've worn I've worn the jersey That's many awesome. times, and I still I still wear it often. You know, training. It's it's one of my favorite ones. Actually, the away one, the all black one. I think it's from like 2013. My favorite jersey. Still got your Clint Dempsey one as well, that last one in town. Oh, yeah. I got all my jerseys, man. I'm, uh, <laughs> Good stuff. I haven't gotten rid of them. Good stuff. No, I got all my Red Sox stuff. I got all my, my Red Sox hats. I got my Bruins stuff. Um, you know, and, and they all tell a story of my life, right? Because I got these jerseys in specific times, whether it was for the St. Patrick's Day parade that I was in. I got a green, a green Bruins jersey, or if it was the – you know, Celtic FC jersey that they gifted me when I went there and I got to go on the pitch. Like, they all tell a story of my journey. And, and you know, they're all very important to me for different reasons. So I've kept everything. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Oh, that must feel good. And just for yourself as well, you know, you can you can cut off a little piece of fabric in each one and give to your mom for her scrapbook there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's- true. That's beautiful, brother. That's beautiful. Um, let's see here. What Flan else you O'Connor. got there? Flan O'Connor. Mm-hmm. So is that just more so representing the family? I saw you had a lot of um, like gear back in the day and uh, some of your come up videos as well. The the uh, mark would be Clan O'Connor. Um, do you have any any Clan O'Connor gear? Um, I have an old jacket. Um, you know, originally when the branding came out, when I first met Ken and the Dropkicks, um, you know, that was kind of the, like the Green Brigade, right, as the supporters of Celtic. Like that was kind of my Clan O'Connor was kind of like what we were building the brand into for the supporters. Um, you know, and, and like anything, you know, as a businessman, I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of stuff I had to learn from. And, um, you know, I didn't I didn't see a couple of things through. So. Um, that kind of fell off. I, I don't really use it anymore. Um, mm. I, I, you know, I basically ended and stopped everything for those five years. And mm. now as I come back, honestly, it's starting at square one. I have to rebrand everything. Mm. I have to, you know, basically start over with my, with my social media, with, 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 with basic, basically everything. So, yeah. um, it, it's just, it's just what it is, man. I needed that 100%. time away. I needed, I needed to build myself back up and, 
and um, having the experience of being through it, of seeing what it was, um, you know, I, I do know a lot of the right moves to make now. So um, it's just is what it is. I have to build this thing back up. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and, and you have, um, you know, that this at least leaves you, you know, with past building blocks to, you know, for for advertising and that kind of stuff for you to look at and use and and old ideas. So you're, yeah, starting from scratch, but you, you know, you, you can you do have some uh, some past things to work work with and work uh, up from. And you're yeah. again, your boxing, your fighting, your skill speaks for itself. That's it's all going to go out there. It's all going to be out there, and it, it has to be. You know, true fight fans will appreciate and will follow. I, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I know that there's not a single ounce of of um, bullshit in that statement right there. I swear to God, like true yeah. true fight fans, one hundred percent will will follow and listen and be excited to get watch you get back in the ring. Um, and I and I I appreciate that a lot, man. I, I really do. And you know, the one thing that I will say is, uh, you know one day this this whole thing is going to pop and the whole world is going to know me and and it's going to be you know i can imagine it being an overnight thing and you see someone that you don't know and all of a sudden you know it's an overnight thing and you're like wow and they get all this fame this support for what they're doing um but what people don't realize is it's not an overnight thing it never is people you know it's it's the last 15 years of failures that i've had to overcome mm. to finally be at the point where it could be an overnight thing but it's never an overnight thing right it's a whole journey of successes and failures and hard work and 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 reinventing and making moves and making different moves because those didn't work to finally get to that point where things can explode and, and now you can come out to the world and in in a bigger sense so that more, more people can know you. And, um, you know, I think that that's where I'm at. Like mm. now with my mindset, with my experience, with my skill set, um, I'm going to come out to the world and a lot more people are going to know me and they're going to know my story and I'm going to get a lot more um, attraction from people. And, and that's what I want, right? Because ultimately, the bigger the platform, the bigger reach I have, mm -hmm. and the bigger opportunity I have, to tell my story to help other people right because that's because that's what it's about at the end of the day right it's service work helping other people and the bigger platform i have the more reach i have to be able to help more people and and that's the core of everything that i do i think that's what means the most to me and i'll tell you right now it's the same thing that happened to me right because in life you have ups you have downs and sometimes during those downs you just need a foothold to step on to get to the up and sometimes you don't get that foothold and it becomes something bad but yeah. sometimes you do get those footholds and for me one of those footholds was reading a book when I was down in Texas that time when I was with away from my son who was a month old I read a book and it and it literally kept me going and got me through that time and it was a Josh Hamilton book he was a baseball player and it told his story about um, his issues with drugs, coming away from the sport, coming back to the sport. And I read that book probably three or four times cover to cover because it kept me going. That was my foothold during that time. And that's what I would like to be to other people, you know, because we're all suffering in different ways. No one more or less than others suffering, suffering. So to be able to have someone relate to me and give them a foothold, that really is, is, my driving motivation to get to the platform where more people can know who I am. You're, you're doing all, all the right things. Uh, there's no bullshit. It's about the story. It's about helping people. And and that's, that's one of the main things here too, um, that I find so important about this. Uh, again, with the book, you know, some people, again, uh, going back to, um, you know, people being negative about stuff and ah, it'll never work, blah, blah, blah. It's funny you say that a book did that for you because I had yeah. I had a book do the same thing for me and it was someone's yeah. story and I'm sure you know the fella David yeah. Goggins that hardcore Navy yeah. SEAL. Yeah. I, yeah. I heard that story. I had a fucked up back and um, yeah, yeah, I read that book and and dude, the next day like I would usually limp to my physiotherapist. Yeah. I had a pretty bad limp and I was pretty heavy. And yeah. that that day after I or yeah the the day after I finished reading that book, I went to physio. And I fucking sprinted there, man. I ran. Yeah. 
I ran and, and ever since then it, it changed my life and, yeah. and guaranteed you already have been that to someone, man. Guaranteed yeah. whether they and, watched you in the ring or, or whatever. Um, and, and so David was your, was your foothold that time. And, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, my foothold is going to be different than yours. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be different than his and hers. So, you know, maybe there's some people out there that are looking for their foothold and the only one that they can relate to is mine. So the sooner I can get my story out there, the sooner I can start to help people. And for all those naysayers, like you were talking about before, the guy with the onesie, I'm not mad at those people, man. I've been proving people wrong since day one when I picked up a pair of boxing gloves and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to make the Olympic team. And everybody in the room laughed at me. And I said, oh, okay, all right. You're going to laugh at me? We'll see what happens. I've been proving people wrong since day one. And and to be honest, I'm not mad at those people. Like, I enjoy doing it. I, I like doing stuff that people say you can't do because – I just think that's a closed-minded way to live life. I can do anything I put my mind to as long as I put the work and the action involved in it. And, you know, it's 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 all those times that someone told me I couldn't do something that I took it upon myself to prove them wrong and do that thing. And, you know, a lot of, in my earlier days when I was younger and, you know, I used to allow what people said get to me. And sometimes it got to me to the point that the moves that I made weren't my own moves. They were dictated by other people's thoughts, views, and feelings. And ultimately, that's a kind of a crappy way to make moves because the moves aren't really yours. And mm-hmm. as I grew, I became a parent. I became you know, more comfortable in myself, who I was. My moves are my own moves right now. And I'm responsible for them. And I can't blame anybody if they don't work out. And I make the best moves I possibly can in the in the moment, just based off what's right, you know, what I think in my intuition is the right move. And I don't let anyone else sway my mind, right? I have one life. I have one family that I tend to, that I take care of. And I'm going to try to make the best moves I possibly can for myself. So all those people that doubt me, I thank them. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, they're the ones that motivated me to do better. And even with this fight in Boston, I saw a lot of those people that didn't give me the time of day. And it kind of created a little chip on my shoulder as it led up to the fight and led up to the fight. And, um, you know, so wherever you can take motivation, you know, wherever you can get your motivation from, um, motivation is motivation. And if it sparks you and fuels you to do great things, then that's fine. Who are you uh, listening to nowadays for motivation? I know you said music's one of your biggest energy factors in the gym and for training and all that. Um, you know, who's who's some of your uh, go-to artists right now? Um, man, that's a such a loaded question. I have, <laughs> I am so, I am so all over the place for yeah. music from from you know hardcore rap to Dropkick Murphys to classical um to country to you know for me i have no set artist i will listen to anybody i base music on how it makes me feel mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent how it makes me feel it doesn't matter who sings it you know it doesn't matter what type type of category it comes out of it's a hundred percent based on how that music makes me feel internally and so if you ever saw my playlist, it would be, you know, it would be drop kicks. And then the next song would be Moana because <laughs> in that moment I was listening to that song with my kids and it created a special bond in my brain that when I 100%. listened to that song, right. And, you know, I have songs like that, that, you know, Jack Johnson, he's one of my favorite. I love him. And that's because it reminds me of my wife. It's our wedding song. And every time I put that song on, it makes me happy. Go so, for a run and put that yeah. on, eh? <laughs> so that's what music does to me. It's it's all about the feeling. You know it it I mean? gives so, you energy too, man. Especially when you have like your, you're feeling heavy shoulders, heavy legs, chest is burnt, roof of your mouth is numb, nose is going numb from that cardio and and, you know, a song is ending and you're like, man, I'm, I think I'm going to call it. And then something's Avenged Sevenfold starts or or the game starts or, or Dropkick starts. And 
you get reinvigorated, refueled. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I had the exact same um, mentality. I remember you bringing that up in one of your interviews is just that music is everything for your training and, um, you know, just for your, for your mental and for boosting and all that kind of stuff. And it truly does fuel you if you're listening to the right stuff that gives you that energy. And sometimes it's hard to like put it on the spot as to what exactly is. And it's nice to put it on random. And sometimes that old song comes back in the back of your head and, and uh yeah that's brilliant that's it's it's great um especially when you're you're tanked and you got nothing in it and then boom back in it yeah 100% so are you going to keep in connection with 360 promotions and tom for their next events um what's your your uh who's your manager at the mo it's it's murphy boxing is still your managing yeah murphy's boxing star boxing um they represent me right now. So here's the thing. And, and this is where I think the sport of boxing kind of separates itself from, from other athletics is it's very much a business as much as it is a sport, right? We're entertainers. So I'm going to keep a, a connection with Tom at 360 and everybody else that I can, right? Because it's all about connections that you have and, and networking and, I'm a like likable guy and I get along with all these people. So wherever there's opportunity for me, whether it's in the ring or outside of the ring, right. I would love to get a spot at a table for commentary, kind of mm -hmm. like a Joe Rogan gig where you could sit back, you could articulate your words and talk about the fight, but you're also a fighter. So you have insight to what it is. Like I would love to get set up for commentary. And so the spot where I'm at now, is I'm willing to take any opportunity that comes my way mm -hmm. and, and kind of see that through and see where it will lead me. I don't want to close any doors. Um, Tom was great to me. 360 was great to me for that whole promotion. Uh, I would love to do business with them in the future. And, and that really goes, that goes for everyone. I don't have any hard feelings against anybody in the sport and I don't have any grudges or any beefs with anybody. So I could work with anybody that wants to work with me and, and, and I'm open and willing to do that because like I said before in my post fight interview, like I'm all into this, whether it's in the ring or out the ring, whatever, wherever the opportunities come, I'm showing up I'm showing up. I got a clear, clear head about me and, and I'm ready to do work and, and how, whatever form that comes, I don't know. I'm open to anything. That truly shows itself. And I think that would really, uh, aid to the sport of boxing as well. Um, you know, for example, I was watching a uh, triple G fight um, Canelo and to, to be completely frank, the announcers, I don't think uh, we're in the same weight class to be calling that fight. Honestly, watching it, the, the boxing itself was beautiful. I was really into it. The calling, I wanted to almost just turn the volume off. I, you know, it was, yeah. I recently started watching one championship. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're very big. Yeah. In in Thailand over there. And um, they have some announcers, man. And, and Muay Thai is already a very, very exciting sport. But the, uh, yeah. the announcers they got going on, you can hear the passion. You can hear the excitement. When a strike is landed, they don't just go, oh, big punch from so-and-so. They actually explain how it was landed, etc. And I think you could definitely do that for the sport of boxing, especially in Massachusetts, especially in New England, especially around that area. So, um, you know, for yeah, any events, I think they would, you know, definitely be um, be honored to have you calling fights. And, dude, to have you calling a fight for an up-and-coming boxer, like, mm -hmm. whether they know it or not, that's massive. So I think that would definitely aid to the sport of boxing for sure. Yeah, I mean, it would be amazing. We need to contact some of these networks and give me a tryout. I'm ready oh, to that's go. Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, so what's the, what's the rest of your day looking like? You go, you go back in the gym at night or um, are you taking it easy with the family now and just go back to, back to work tomorrow? Oh, no, 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 This is, I've already, I've been up since 4 a.m. I did an eight mile run this morning in the mountains where I live. Um, dentists cut into my time, but as soon as I get off the phone here with you, I'll train. Um, then I'll get my kids off the bus and then, when they go to bed, I'll go to the gym in Longmont with my coaches and I'll train all night. That's beautiful. Night. That's beautiful, man. I love that. I love I, that. It never ends. It never ends. I, I don't want to waste any time. I don't. The one thing that I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, 
the one thing that I do realize as I get older, right, as my my time gets spread out, boxing, work, family, more kids, ranch, I realize that the number one most important thing to me is my time, mm-hmm. right? And you only have so much of it. And you really have to be stingy about where you invest it, right? Because you only have so much time. And one day, all that time is going to be gone and there's going to be nothing left. So for me, I don't want to waste any time. Every move that I make on a daily basis has depth to it, right? My time is spent with my family, loving them. My time is spent perfecting my craft in the gym, training. My time is spent on things that are very important to me, to my family, to my future, right? And I don't want to waste any time. So, and that's exactly why, you know, I don't come home and, you know, ride the coattails of victory for three weeks, you know, that's it. I fought, it was a great, great night. And then it was over. And then I come home back to it. I got to go to work. I need to save people's lives. I need to be the best employee for the fire department that I can be. And then I come out of there and I go to work and I be the best fighter that I can be. And then I come home and be the best dad and husband that I can be. And, and that's what it is, man. It's, it's just keep grinding, keep working. And, and truly a dream, right? This dream that I've had since the second I put on a pair of gloves, right? It's only a dream if you don't put action to it. It's just something I'm going to think about, right? Because I'll tell you right now, five years away from the sport in the fashion that I left builds a lot of, a lot of regret. And regret is a very, very tough thing to stomach. It's a very tough thing to live with. And so I don't want that feeling anymore. I don't want that regret. I, I just want to continue to take action to make all these dreams that I've had come come true because, you know, God willing, I, I think that they will. I, I know they will, man. I know they will. There's not a doubt in my mind. There's not a second of doubt in my mind, especially with your your attitude, your skill, um, and like the purity of with, with which you speak. <laughs> uh, it's truly just about the love of the sport and about getting your story and not and and again about getting your story out there. It's not about Danny O'Connor. It's about the story is about trying to help someone. That's that's yeah. the story, man. 100%. And 100%. a lot of people don't realize that. And I think that's one of the most important things in combat sports because you, when people see you, man, in the ring, you're like an iceberg. You know, they just see the tip. They don't see the right. every second. Right. They don't see the pain, the tears, the blood, the suffering, the loss, the every single thing that's gone into it. And uh, I truly, really appreciate it, man. And um I, 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 thanks for, I, I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate you uh, talking and just talking about the sport and gracing me, man, because this is great. Um, no, I'm happy to be here, man. Listen, I like you. I'm going to hire you as my hype man. When I get rich and famous, I'm going to hire you as my hype man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there in the drop of a pin, brother. I'll be there in the drop oh. of a pin with honor, with honor. Oh, that's um, cool, man. No, I'm happy to be here, man. I, I, I am blessed to be able to be in a position where I can be here and talk to you and tell you, um, you know, a couple of ins and outs of my stories. And we haven't even scratched the surface of what I've been through to be here. You know what I mean? That's exactly. I'm, I want to write a book. I mean, that's really what would be cool if I could write a book. Um, it's just a whole other avenue of trying to figure that out. But it's much like deserved. Said, it's, the story is much deserved. <laughs> It's all good stuff, man, and I'm just blessed to be here. That's awesome, man. Um, it's funny, my dad. Uh, my dad knows a couple of guys that do um, like books and writing and that kind of stuff. So I'll see if I can contact anyone and see if they can contact you about. And you know, just just starting something, you know, just just getting a contact out there, just to get the conversation of the story going. Um, That'd be cool, man. I appreciate important. that. Of course, brother. Of course. I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you're a busy, man. I know you got to get back to training. Um, I would like to read something to you, if that's all right, just to close here. Um, I'm sure you've heard it before. But, uh, yeah. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Whose face is marred by dust 
and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I want to dedicate this fight tonight to the firefighter in Watertown that lost his life because anytime you hear somebody like that, it touches you at home because that could be anybody on the job at any time. So, you know, tonight's a special night. I got all my fans here, my family, and my wife. You know, thank you, uh, Ken Casey, Murphy's Boxing, for having me. And, uh, you know, the biggest thanks to my wife, Diane. I love you. My best friend. Biggest support system wherever you are. Um, Daniel Connor, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, sir. Thank you for being here. I would love to talk with you before your next fight, and uh, uh, means the world. On a, on a side note, on a couple of my my darkest days, my wife gave me that quote framed um, in a big, maybe like ten by ten thing they have on the wall. Many a nights I read that. Many a nights I read that. Man, it's funny that that you just read it. Um, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to talk to you next fight or whenever, man. I'm, you know, I love to gab. I'm always down to talk. So you just let me know. Will do, brother. I'll shoot you a message. That'd be great. I figured, uh, I figured you you know that uh, very well, but uh, I figured uh, you it, it would be appreciated. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it. We'll talk real soon, Danny. Thanks for your time. See you later. Cheers, brother.